A U.S. town is making headlines for paying reparations to its black residents in the first plan of its kind. Evanston, Illinois is a small town with just under 80,000 residents, nearly a fifth of whom are black. And while some places like California are discussing reparations to make amends for slavery, Evanston is zeroing in on more recent injustice, discrimination against black citizens when it comes to buying a home. The city's actually started paying money to black residents who faced barriers to buying the home that they wanted because of mid-20th century policies. Black residents who've lived in Evanston before 1969 are being paid grants of $25,000, which can only be used for house repairs to pay down a mortgage or as a down payment on a house. Now, recipients of this money are, of course, very happy about it, but not everyone agrees that this is truly justice. And joining us now to break this down is Dr. Omekongo Dibinga. He's a professor of intercultural communication at American University. So, you know, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the discrimination that black residents have faced when it comes to housing, not only in Evanston, but also around the United States as a whole. Well, good day and, and thanks for having me. And I'm so glad that, that you're talking about this. We have to understand that housing discrimination has been just one aspect of the discrimination that black people have faced historically in this country. And so what you're looking at is when we're talking about educational opportunities, access to loans, when we're talking about access to pretty much everything that the American dream has promised, black people have been excluded from it in some way, shape, or form. So when you go specifically to housing, we see in situations like coming after World War II, for example, where you had the GI Bill, where soldiers got at, at opportunities to take advantage of educational loans, housing, automobile purchases, and the like. Black soldiers were excluded from that. That's just one example. And we see that, going back to your earlier segment, that access to a home is one of the greatest ways to create wealth. And so going specifically to Evanston, they're looking at policy discrimination from 1919 to 1969, a 50-year period where Black people in that community were denied a shot at creating wealth through the home that other residents had an opportunity mm -hmm. to do. Now, you know, there are a lot of community members, including black members of Evanston, who say that this plan is not enough. They say that it's essentially a housing scheme that is dressed up as reparations. Why are they saying that, and what is your response to it? One of the things we have to understand is that people look at different at reparations in lots of different ways. Some people believe that reparation starts with some, a simple apology, which other communities have received over the years because there's a therapeutic part of that. But then after that, going into the idea of South Africa and, and truth and reconciliation, how do we start to reconcile that? Well, when you look at this program with Evanston, one of the things that we have to understand is that people are not being paid directly because they would face a heavy tax burden. We also have to understand that there's something interesting going on because they're being paid with money that's coming out of the marijuana fund, which is something that has also historically affected Black people in terms of incarceration, where other groups now are able to profit off of it. And so what people have to understand that this is a step. It's not the end-all, be-all, but at some point, we have to start making concerted efforts to acknowledge the wrongs that have happened to Black people in this country, as has been the case with other groups in this country, as well as mm -hmm. around the world. And so, when people say that this is just something small or insignificant or, or some type of scheme, we have to start somewhere, and they deserve this in that community. What other reparation plans exist right now across the United States? And do you think that there's enough being done? There's definitely not enough being done. And there have been other programs in North Carolina. There was a program to give reparations to different members of that community who had, had suffered on the eugenics and were sterilized, people 
who historically, like the great Fannie Lou Hamer, civil rights activist, who, you know, was part of the sterilization programs that have gone on across the country. Uh, we've seen that in, in Rosewood in Florida, a black community that was burned down in 1923. There have been reparations to that community, uh, a small amount. We see in Chicago in, in recent years, there have been reparations that have been provided to uh, black people who suffered at the hands of the police. And that was something that was created just a few years ago. But not only were their funds issued, they also are studying police violence at the university and creating policies right. so that these things don't happen again. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Congo. Really fascinating. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see if there are other schemes similar to this house and one that are implemented across uh, the country. But it, this seems to be a step forward, whether or not everybody in the community is happy about it. Unfortunately, that is it for Business Beat today, my friends. But don't worry, we're going to be back again next week. I'm Natasha Kierchuk and stay innovative. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.